Imperial. Episode four. These recordings and documents are unique. 接下来的书页内容由班尼迪托修饰所写。书页本身。The entries from journals or collected documents is five vary in their level of preservation. The following document written by Brother Benedetto is in a state of disintegration. Unlike several previous documents written by Brother Benedetto, the following writings do not suffer from iron gall ink corrosion. It appears that his works switch inks to that of a Chinese-made ink using either petroleum or pine suit as its base. There's also blood on the page. Primi di ottobre, anno di nostro Signore 1711. Poiché la mia mente corre, non sono in grado di determinare la data esatta. Abbiamo subito perdite tra la nostra gente e danni alla nostra necessaria attrezzatura. Nel tardo pomeriggio è iniziata la early October, year of our Lord 1711. As my mind races, I am unable to determine the exact date. We have suffered injury to our persons and to our required equipment. In the early evening, rains began and they continued throughout the night. In the dark of night, we heard a great roaring, as of some beast, and soon the ground shook. The mudslide that overcame us moved as a flowing black river. We lost two men, our porters, and we have been unable to locate their earthly remains. Now we are left with only five of us and very few of our personal possessions. Father Martim is asleep, and he has broken his left leg, having struck it upon a rock as we cascaded from our previous point up the mountain. I worry for our ability to aid him, as I have seen only such horrible wounds from labor accidents back in Goa. We are not trained in healing or medicines, and I fear he will be in terrible pain. We have managed only an approximate alignment, but this at least appears to have restored circulation to his lower leg. Though he remains stoic during our ministrations, I pray Father Martim will forgive us for the pain we subjected him to. Our official Jingwei, in an attempt to escape the river of mud. Leap from the small clearing into the branches of a tree. He has bruised his ribcage and harmed his leg, but escaped the fate of our porters. Anthony has suffered a large gash to his upper arm, but we have stopped the bleeding as of recently. Lee, thankfully, is generally unharmed. Between Anthony and myself, we were able to keep hold of many, yet not all, documents made so far. Our measurements are safe, but our map. Though safe, is damaged. Our cartographic tools were lost, along with many supplies for the trip. Lee was able to maintain control on a crucial pack of provisions, yet we are otherwise without many necessities. The rains have ended, and my brow has stopped bleeding. I struck my head on a rocky outcropping. Now I must wake Father Martin, as we must form a plan for the future of this journey. The document I believe to be next is the following.
Abka Goshima Bigali Banjimbi, Shiksa Yamjishon Honkarama Agafi, Lifahan Alinchi Ayaraha. Ulajkui Turgunda Jua Juara Hosun I am happy to be alive. Last night, during the early hours, a constant rain of uncharacteristic proportions instigated a mudslide. The deluge and its results have cost us our two porters and the majority of our provisions. The Jesuits are alive, though the elder, Martim, has broken his leg. The splinting of his injury was an ordeal, and he currently sleeps. Their servant, Anthony, will soon help the younger Jesuit to splint my leg, as I have also suffered from the event. Lee, resourceful and trained, has volunteered to leave in search of assistance. This may be our best choice due to our incapacitation, and we will discuss the recent turn of events with Martim. With my leg wounded, Martim's badly broken, and Anthony under considerable strain with a wounded arm, we are in a difficult position. The loss of the cartographic tools means we are without the ability to continue our purpose. We will return to Chisihar. Thankfully, the young Italian was able to save all our work so far. In this next document, Father Martin's handwriting appears unsteady in comparison to his characteristically structured script. As artimanhas da natureza pararam o nosso progresso. Perdemos bons homens e, perante isso, curvámonos. Perdemos as nossas ferramentas e, portanto, devemos acabar com a nossa habitação. The wiles of nature have stopped our progress. We have lost good men. And to these we have bowed our heads. We have lost our tools. And we must thus end our further venture. My leg has been splinted, as has been Jingwei's. Thankfully, he is not as armed as I. And he can carry his own weight with only mild discomfort. I, regretfully, have broken my leg extensively, and it is agony to walk. A vessel remain only Lee's in good health. Being capable and young, we've sent him off to find help. If he heads southeast, he will find villages, Lord willing. Yet, they are several days away. We have a little remaining of our food supplies, but Anthony believes he can trap small animals until Lee returns. We will pray for his safe journey. In an attempt to make a formal document to be presented to the local magistrate, Jingwei has written part of the following in Manchu. It is clear that Manchu is not his preferred tongue as he switches to Mandarin part of the way through. Chakun biya i manashun ishika Inangi ajaraku, li i aishilara da aliyara da amgari amu inangi dulakabi, ba urunaku tara ududu inangi dulafi tani badarambi. We are nearing the end of the eighth month now. I cannot recall the correct date. A day passed waiting for Li to return with assistance. We certainly thought it would take longer than a day. The people he returned with are none of the local groups that I have worked with or previously visited. He returned with several men and women, none of whom speak languages of the empire. They have been very kind and helpful, even without the ability to communicate. They gave us fresh water and very quickly set about the construction of a mobile bed to carry the Jesuit Martim. I have much to do and will transcribe the following at a later date. 
，我们搜索了齐齐哈尔，还有其他的外围村落，从来没有看过这些人。他们都非常和善，带领我们回到他们的屋子及庇护所里。但是我还是心存忌惮。I have never seen these peoples in Chichihar or the outlying villages we have surveyed. They are very kind, having taken us back to their homes and shelters. But I still approach them with some apprehension. They speak nothing of Manchu, Mandarin, Oirat, Buryat, Evenki, or Mongolian. They vary in appearance, but not in dress. Their hair is not all dark, and their complexions range as well. Their facial forms can be Han in some, and more similar to those of Russian traders in others. Several have eyes of blue, similarly to the Italian Jesuit. Of their attire, there is little variation. Men and women wear heavy woven fabrics and well-cared furs. They wear chains of pearl-like beads draped around their necks, arms, and waists. At first, I believed these to be freshwater pearls, but upon closer inspection, I see they are polished bone and stone. They have many fine carvings made from bone and horn, worn as brooches, and some jewelry made from local stone. Their hair combs, worn decoratively, are of great craftsmanship, and their earth-toned dyes for clothing and textiles are from the local terrain. We were brought a distance through the forest to the west. There were points along our trip where areas looked like paths, and we passed what appeared to be a small area in a mountainside they had previously quarried. It was around midday when we reached a noticeably widened lane in the forest. Here, the road became well trod, and large animal skulls flanked the avenue. Some had tusks like those of the elephants, while others had large teeth like those of the tigers. I am not a man of nature myself, so their identities elude me. At the end of the avenue, well built from wood, was a wall enclosing their village. Even from a distance through the woods, the warmth of the firelight was visible. And very inviting.